Last week we uh, began the uh, doctrine of election, and I'll reread uh, Thayer's definition. The act of picking out, choosing, specifically used of that act of God's free will by which before the foundation of the world He decreed His blessings to certain persons. Election, its utility in this present age is my heading. And we uh, looked at a few heads. One of the grand identifiers of the true God, the holy, righteous prerogative of God, an infallible distinguisher between grace and works religionists, the precious foundation of the gospel, the blessed assurance of preservation and perseverance, a strength and comfort to the saints, a great promoter of righteousness among God's people, a great humbler of man's Pride, self-righteousness, the stumbling stone of man. Excuse me, I took off on the first head. And uh, a strong promoter of gospel labors, discovers the enmity of the human heart to God, demands proper concepts of God, determines and secures success of God's eternal plan of redemption, destroys presumptive views of salvation, design of the atonement co-equal and coordinate with design of eternal election. And that was where we stopped. And we have a three more of these heads. Election sets our minds in order concerning our salvation. And uh, I may have read it last time, but I'll read it again if if I did. In Ephesians 1, 3 through 6, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us. And of course, election uh, is one uh, uh, aspect of predestination. Or you can say it the other way. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will, 
to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. <clears throat> and uh, I pointed us to Second Timothy uh, chapter 1 and uh, verse 9 is a text. Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Your salvation was settled in the persons of the Godhead before the world was made, which means before we, any humans were made also. <clears throat> and uh, that is put there so that uh, there will be no excuse for people to think otherwise than that God purposed and planned and therefore brought every one of us as being <clears throat> into being and is ruling and directing and, and uh, guiding us to our uh, final blessed end in the Lord Jesus Christ. Election sets our minds in order concerning our salvation, as these three verses certainly do in Ephesians 1, 3-6. God's grace precedes man's choice. <clears throat> it is by His grace that we only that we ever choose the Lord Jesus Christ, that we ever choose to trust God for our salvation. <clears throat> we don't usually learn that until after we're converted. Election is virtually necessitated in prayer. The stoutest Arminian is a very Calvinist when he prays. You can't pray like an Arminian and be praying to God. You have to pray like a Calvinist to really be praying to God. <clears throat> Election moves the believer's affections on God. John 15 16 
and 19. And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. Wait a minute. Excuse me. I'm not in chapter 15. Chapter 15 and verse 16, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. In verse 19, If you are of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world... But I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. My heading is election moves the believer's affections on God. In 17, chapter 17, verses 1 and 2, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. And as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the one only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And verses 8 and 9, For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. They have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee. They have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Election moves the believer's affections on God. It'd be hard to read these passages that that I'm reading and... uh, Your affections remain unaffected. <clears throat> Acts thirteen forty four through forty eight. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. They preached the day before, and the affections of the people were so moved that they went wherever they went telling the people that they, what they had heard. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the Word of God. But when the Jews saw that the, the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming, paying no attention to the fact that they were what they were teaching was truth. 
it was uh, they they were being outdone in their own eyes by these people who were simply preaching Christ. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, to you Jews, but seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. And that is what uh, he had been told was going to happen. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad, and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. That's one of my favorite verses. Romans 8. Chapters 8, 9, and 11, the whole chapters are uh, filled with uh, this blessed doctrine that gives much strength to our faith. 1 Corinthians 1, 26-29 For you see your calling, brethren. Note that calling you did not come until you were called called in your heart called in your mind the gospel began to make sense to you you never come except you receive that kind of calling for you see your calling brethren how that not many wise men after the flesh not many not many smart alecks you might say Not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in His presence. But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. What a blessed passage. And... 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And again, in... uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Through 17. Of these things, put them in remembrance, 
charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting or converting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. see how the the uh, election is not uh, just a cold theorem but that it, it is uh, takes hold of the uh, takes hold of your mind it takes hold of your affections when you pay attention to it Election promotes courage, Second Timothy two ten or seven through ten. As I just read to you. And uh, with that we considered what Paul was willing to suffer for the election. Second Corinthians. 11. Eighteen through twenty-eight. Seeing that many glory after the flesh, I will glory also. He's talking about these teachers that were coming into the churches that uh, had started up from his preaching and were trying to. Uh, lead them away by fighting against what Paul had taught. And they were glorying in their own selves, glorying in their intelligence and what they were trying to do. Seeing that many glory after the flesh, I will glory also, for you suffer fools gladly, seeing ye yourselves are wise. For ye suffer if a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take of you, if a man exalt himself, if a man smite you on the face. I speak as concerning reproach, as though we had been weak. Howbeit, whereinsoever any is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more, and labors more abundant, and stripes above measure, and prisons more frequent, and deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes save one. That, that forty stripes saves one. They didn't give them the fortieth because in the law... God had said you could not give any man more than 39 stripes. You couldn't give him 40. And the Jews five times 
beat the Apostle Paul with the, the 39 stripes. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep. In journeyings often... in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Sounds like he's having fun, doesn't it? <laughs> Beside these things, those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches, different ones of, uh, that he had sent to work in other churches. And so he, they were working out a, uh, a, a communion, a communication between the churches, and Paul was more or less the, at the center of all of that. What what a life that holy, bold apostle said. Now we're looking at the subject of election. And Thayer, on the meaning of the word translated election, says that the act of picking out, choosing, specifically used of that act of God's free will by which before the foundation of the world he decreed his blessings to certain persons, to the people that he's going to save. They were assigned to salvation. You who have believed were assigned to salvation before 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 the foundation of the world election that is the act of God's choosing men to salvation freely is the grand identifier of the true God. <clears throat> Matthew 11. At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank Thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because I has hid these things from the wise and prudent, and has revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. No man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. <coughs> And Romans 9, verse 
15 and 16, he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, or of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. And 17 on through 20, For the Scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Pharaoh was created for the purpose of singling him out and showing God's grand sovereignty and great power in saving whom he wills and damning who he wills. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing form say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay, the same lump to make one vessel unto honor, and another unto dishonor? Amen. I'll stop reading there. Good to go on a little farther. What can more clearly declare to man that God is God than for God to tell man that he can he God cannot be manipulated men in pulpits all over this country and all over the world are teaching a gospel where you can manipulate God where you can put the God in a situation where he has to do thus and so but God cannot be manipulated he can't be bought. He can't be forced or imposed upon. Even in that which is of greatest concern to man, that is eternal life, God acts solely on His sovereign will and determination. And uh, if you want to argue with that, it won't do you any good. It's the truth. <laughs> what you need to do is bow and Praise and thank God that He has called you. And if uh, you have not responded to a call, that's your fault. God calls you. The call is out there. You have been told to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and God gives you eternal life when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You've heard it and heard it, and heard it, and you cannot uh, lay any discredit to God for your uh, not being saved. Election then reveals salvation to be the righteous prerogative of God. <clears throat> person may ask, well, why does God elect some and not others? Why does God choose whom He chooses? 
at a list of names from Scripture. We could pick out Noah, Abraham, Lot, Jacob, and not Esau. Moses, instead of one of the other slaves. Israel, to be a nation that he created. Why did he create them and choose them? Rahab, a harlot. Ruth, instead of Orpah. David, Jonathan, Hezekiah, whose father was wicked, and Manasseh, who was exceedingly wicked, but yet God actually had chosen him, and he did convert him, ultimately. You you don't think about it when you're reading the wickedness that he was carrying out, but uh, when you read uh, through... through, uh, the final accounts of him, Manasseh was ultimately converted and tried to set about undoing a lot of the wicked things that he had done. Josiah, whose father was wicked also. Why does God choose whom he chooses? Because he's God. There's there's no other reason. The reason is not in the man. The reason of your ultimate salvation is not in you. It was God that chose you, God that sent the gospel to you, and God that opened your heart in faith. You never would have believed. Never would have believed. God is our Savior through the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody was chosen because of what God saw in them because there was nothing good to see. They were chosen for God to make His and to make them into believers. For ancient or modern Judaizers to tell Gentiles, or Jews for that matter, that they must keep the law of circumcision the law of the Sabbath, the Ten Commandments, and on and on ad infinitum, to gain salvation is not grace. They will say that it's grace. The Armenians, all of the Armenian preachers, yammer about grace incessantly, but then they make it out ultimately that it is the man who is responsible for God saving him because of his faith. Well, it is God that gives the faith and God that actuates the faith and God who saves. To tell men that faith, repentance, baptism, church membership, etc. are necessary to be saved is true. But one has to remember the order, and one has to remember that it is God that is working in all of these things and makes them real to you. God's people work because of gracious election, bringing them to Christ. They don't work to become elect, but because they love the one who elected them.
Whatever puts faith and repentance, excuse me, whoever puts faith and repentance as the ground of election is making works into grace. And what that's uh, election is of grace, and works has nothing to do with it whatsoever. There was there was no merit in any unbeliever that God ever created and ever saved. But it was just simply God's grace that saves men according to His will. Grace is what God does to save men and works is what men do because they are saved. Election is a fountain of strength and comfort to saints. I know if you're not a Christian, to hear election can set you off, make you angry, and give you, uh, minister to your already bad attitude towards God. But the fact is, <clears throat> nobody but the elect are going to be saved. Nobody. Nobody. Because they're the only ones that are going to believe. <clears throat> Election is not a word that warms the heart. Like mercy, loving kindness, grace, reconciliation, propitiation, redemption. But it is a word that puts strength in the soul. It puts strength in your hold on the doctrine of salvation. It makes you strong Amen. as a Christian. It puts renewed life and energy in our faith. It quickens our step and lightens our eye. with gladness for God's grace. Hear these passages and feel the strength they are designed by the Holy Spirit to give. Romans 8, 33-39 Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Of God's elect. It is God that justifieth who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, anything that is created, shall be able to separate us 
from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in 1 Corinthians... One, as I may have already read it, I'll read it again, 26 through 31. You see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus. And here, here's the, the, uh, the, uh, what He is aiming at. But of Him, of God, are ye in Christ Jesus? Nobody makes themselves be in Christ. Nobody causes Christ to save them. God is over all of it. Yes, you believe. You believe, if you believe. But you believe because of Christ, because of God giving you the faith to believe. But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, He that glorieth let him glory in the Lord. That should be a favorite passage for every believer. <clears throat> And John 26 through 30, John 10, 26 through 30, but you, let's see. He says to the unbelievers, ye believe not, because you're not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and they shall never perish. They shall never perish. You children, get that stuck in your mind. Don't let go of it. If you believe on Christ, become His man, and you will never perish. You're safe for eternity. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. You may think that I read that uh, pretty frequently. Well, it's a wonderful, wonderful passage. Amen. And it's, it's telling wonderful, wonderful truth. 
and I love it. <clears throat> it's based on, you might say, uh, John 6.37 and John 17.2. And 2 Timothy 1.9 was given for the express purpose of encouragement. It was written to Timothy. <clears throat> if you start at the first and read, you'll find that uh, he's writing to Timothy. It may have seemed to him from some communication he had that Timothy was getting uh, beaten down or so, and uh, uh, being depressed and so forth. But whether that's so or not, he, he reminds Timothy in Second Timothy one nine, who hath saved us. And called us with a holy calling, a special calling, not according to our works, according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. That's a stout statement given before the world began. Timothy, you're having trials and you're down in the dumps. But you need to understand with all the bad that's going to happen to you, you were appointed to salvation, eternal salvation in eternity. Before there was anything but God, you were appointed to eternal life, eternal salvation. So the Apostle uh, encourages Timothy. In fact, I'll read chapter 2 for us, verses 1 through 10. Now therefore, my son, be strong in the grace. I'm making sure I'm in the right, Timothy. Yeah. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit them to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. See, we're in a war, Christian. This panty-waste gospel as preached in most uh, pulpits leaving people to believe that all they have to do is invite Jesus into their heart and then everything is going to be all right from there on. The fact is, when you become a Christian, you begin to see all kinds of things you never knew were bad before. You become, you become a, a connoisseur of finding out all the things that's wrong with you and all the ways you can sin and mess up and so forth. Therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say. Pay attention. 
and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even under bonds. In other words, he's been in prison now and again and again several times for preaching Christ. But the word of God is not bound. Wherefore, <clears throat> I endure all things for the elect's sake. For the elect's sake. That they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Amen. What a wonderful, blessed verse that last one is. Second Timothy one nine was given expressly to strengthen a fainting heart. <clears throat> and the whole passage of one through ten, how the apostle Paul again encourages Timothy and himself and us as well, they're concerning the trials that we have to undertake and undergo and ultimately even death by persecution for people, many people back in that time. Peter, in 1 Peter 1, 2, puts their election, which is our subject, at the first of this passage wherein he would encourage and strengthen tried saints. But I'll go ahead and read 1 through 9. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love, in whom though now you See him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You who are not believers, you cannot understand it because you have to be regenerated to understand it. We who are believers have never seen Christ. If anybody ever tells you, they have, they're a liar. 
Yet believing our faith gives us great joy. Great joy. And by faith, we see all of this truth about Christ. And we know that it is truth. And it affects us as much as almost as if we were seeing the Lord Jesus with our eyes. Well, 1 Peter 1 through 9 puts their election at the first of this passage wherein he would encounter, encourage, and strengthen tried saints. One who takes no great pleasure in flying or being on the water miles from land feels much strength and encouragement when he feels a solid foundation of earth under him again. And just so, the tried, weary, weak, harassed saint feels much stronger and bolder when he ponders the solid foundation of his salvation in the doctrine of election. And I'm going to stop at that point. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your blessed Word. Thank You, our God, that in Your Word You give us a truth that we would have never known otherwise. I've heard people talk about God in their limited ways many times before I was a believer. But it was not until I became a believer and sworn to believe what the Word says that I came across the word elect and election. And looking at the meaning of them. I don't know exactly how to say it, but uh, my joy meter, I think the hand hit the top. What a thing to be told that you were chosen to faith in Christ before the foundation of the world. Thank you, thank you, O God. I trust there are several sitting here now who have that appointment and don't know it. And ultimately, they will be called with a calling that they cannot refuse. Their heart, their affections will not let them refuse when the call comes to come to Christ and receive eternal life, have sins all put away forever. Bless us in that way. Bless among the church in that way. Christ's name, I mean. <clears throat>